Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys my week two waiver wire ads for fantasy football in 2020. I'll be talking about a bunch of guys at running back, wide receiver, and tight end that you guys may just want to add on your waiver wire this week. I'll be talking about maybe how much fab do you want to spend on the guy, do you want to blow all your budget, how you should manage your budget, and all of that jazz. I'm also going to be breaking down why I like each and every single player so you guys understand why I have them kind of where they are. Now, they do go in order to me of importance of which guy you should pick up. Now, that is obviously going to be a debate, so if you have any questions down below in in the comments always make sure to let me know and while you're down there please make sure to click that subscribe button if you end up enjoying it's free i put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football championship so without further ado let's get right into it week two waiver wire ads we begin with the running backs we're starting off here with naheem hines running back of the Indianapolis Colts. Week two, he's going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, week one, he played up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, had seven attempts for 28 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Obviously, though, Naheem Hines does not get his points in the rushing game. It's all about the receiving game for Mr. Naheem Hines. Eight receptions on eight targets for 45 yards, one receiving touchdowns, 27.30 PPR points. He put up an incredible game up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. During this game, Marlon Mack ended up getting hurt with a torn Achilles and is now out for the season. So understanding this Indianapolis Colts backfield is going to be very simple. You're going to see Jonathan Taylor getting rushes as well as receiving opportunity. You're going to see Naheem Hines getting rushes as well as receiving opportunity. I see him on a weekly basis. You will see Naheem Hines catch more balls than Jonathan Taylor. And I would assume on a weekly basis, you're going to be seeing Jonathan Taylor get more carries than Naheem Hines. It's like the yin and yang of the offense. I like Naheem Hines a lot. I think if he's still available on your waiver wire, in a lot of leagues, he may have been drafted. But if he is still available, he would be my go-ahead guy to spend a decent amount of fab on, considering Marlon Mack is out for the season, it's going to be the Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor show. And if Jonathan Taylor was to get hurt, knock on wood, we don't want that to happen. Naheem Hines could be even better for fantasy football. I don't expect him on a week-in, week-out basis to get 25-plus PPR points, but I expect him to be a very safe player that you can put in your lineup, kind of like what we expected Chris Thompson to be, but actually how it's going to be because Phillip Rivers loves to throw the ball to the running back. He loves to dump the ball off to anyone standing next to him. Normally, it's the tight end, and normally it's the running back. And in this scenario, it is going to be Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. I think both of them are going to be excellent down the stretch of the season. Even though the season has just begun, I think Naheem Hines is going to be an excellent ad. I would spend a whole load of fab on him. I would spend at least 50% of my budget to guarantee that I get Naheem Hines, especially if I'm very, very, very low on running backs. Even without being low on running backs, it's always good to have that nice running back depth on your bench. And if you are the number one guy with waiver priority, I would burn it on Mr. Naheem Hines. Next guy to talk about here, Benny Snell, running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Week two goes up against the Denver Broncos. Now, the only reason why this guy is even being looked at is because Connor sprained his ankle. Now, as I'm recording this, Mike Tomlin has given no background on how long Connor is going to be out. Now, what he said was that he has no idea what's going to happen. So I assume Connor misses maybe two to four weeks is what the fantasy doctors ended up saying on YouTube. So if you take that, you keep that in mind, Benny Snell is going to be a fucking beast. He came in for James Conner in relief, 19 attempts, 113 yards, one target, 11.30 PPR points. Now I understand that um, the other running back in the backfield is going to be involved, Jalen Samuels. 
but I'm not all that worried. I think Benny Snell will be the guy in that offense. So obviously Samuel will end up stealing some receiving work, some targets. But at the end of the day, I think Snell is going to have an excellent next couple of games. So I would heavily invest in Benny Snell as well, especially if you are the James Conner owner. Even without being it, getting a running back for potentially two to four weeks that is going to be in your roster that could potentially be a running back one behind this amazing Pittsburgh Steelers line. I see no reason why you wouldn't be targeting Benny Snell in fantasy football right now off the waiver wire. Next player to talk about here, James Robinson, running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, week two at Tennessee. Now, last week, I told you guys to snag him. I said maybe he'll be a bit risky because Chris Thompson's going to be involved, right? Chris Thompson's going to catch all the passes. That was some complete and utter bullshit. They didn't give the ball at all to Chris Thompson. It was all James Robinson. James Robinson had 16 rushes. And that was every single rush by a running back. The only other players that rushed were LaVishka Chanel, as well as Gardner Minshew. That's a wide receiver. Gardner Minshew's the fucking quarterback. So only James Robinson rushed the ball out of the running back 16 times. A free agent, undrafted free agent, rushed the ball 16 times. 100% of the market share of the team from running backs in rushes. I'm all bought in on James Robinson. 62 yards, one reception on one target for 28 yards. 10 PPR points. Now, I understand that James Robinson isn't going to be a guy you want to start on a weekly basis, especially next week up against the Tennessee Titans, but you could do much worse considering this guy is going to see a boatload of carries going on for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Next guy up here is Malcolm Brown, running back of the LA Rams, week two going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, last week, he kind of came up out of nowhere on Sunday night up against the Dallas Cowboys with 18 carries for 79 rushing yards, two total touchdowns or two rushing touchdowns three receptions on four targets for 31 yards and 26 PPR points now I think there is a reason why Malcolm Brown was so involved in this offense for one I think it was because Darrell Henderson was coming into the week banged up and wasn't entirely healthy so Malcolm Brown did get a lot of touches from that also, Cam Akers is a rookie, doesn't really know the system as well, so he doesn't get as much work, but Cam Akers was getting work. Now, my worry here with Malcolm Brown is that you draft or you pick him up off the waiver wire and the same shit happens that happens last year. If you remember last year, Todd Gurley got vultured once or twice by Malcolm Brown. Everyone hops on the waiver wire, types in Malcolm Brown's name, and they add him, and he doesn't do shit for the rest of the year. Now, while I think Malcolm Brown could be a fine start next week against the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not sure he really has all that much long term appeal. I feel like if Cam Akers is given the opportunity, he will soak up the opportunity from Malcolm Brown. I believe if Darrell Henderson is given the opportunity, he will also soak it up from Malcolm Brown, and we may end up with a three-headed trifecta backfield that you don't want anything from. There's uh, definitely a chance that Malcolm Brown's the leading rusher. There's definitely a chance Akers is the leading rusher. And there's definitely a chance Henderson's the leading rusher. I would bet more on Camp Akers being on the guy based upon the talent and what I've seen out of college. Malcolm Brown, clearly a good bulldo- bulldozer running back who could be seeing a lot of the good goal line work, which is good for fantasy football because a touchdown is six points. But do you want to rely on that on a weekly basis? I say you, if you, ha- if you have a spot, you add Malcolm Brown, but you don't play him week two. You kind of wait to see how it is. And if you have to play him, hopefully you're in a pinch, but the Eagles defense did not look all that good up against the Washington football team on the goal line, considering Peyton Barber scored not once, but twice on Sunday. So Malcolm Brown could be a guy that you're looking for. Definitely a guy that you could start though next week, but a guy that I don't love for the rest of the season. Next player up here is running back Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals week two going up against that garbage Washington football team, but not even garbage because they ended up beating the fucking Eagles. Their defense ended up laying Wentz in a fucking body bag. They dug him a hole six feet and had him laying it. He went straight down in there. He 
He died from Chase Young. Chase Young murdered his ass. So, Chase Edmonds last week going up against the San Francisco 49ers had six rushes for 26 yards, three receptions on five targets for 19 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, and 13.50 PPR points. Now, if you own Kenyon Drake, to me, Chase Edmonds is a must own running back in my opinion he's owned in a lot of leagues but I figured it would be important to talk about him since in some leagues he may not be Chase Edmonds is the guy who's going to be involved regardless of if Kenyon Drake is healthy he was on the field Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are on the field a lot together Edmonds was on the field he scored the receiving touchdown on the play action that was fake handed off Kenyon Drake then he dumped it off to Chase Edmonds and Edmonds ran right directly into the red zone Cliff Kingsbury likes to use the two running backs on the field at the same time which gives Chase Edmonds a opportunity to get the ball and if Kenyon Drake was to happen to go down was to get hurt Chase Edmonds would be an excellent start on a week-to-week basis until Kenyon Drake returned so I think Chase Edmonds is definitely a guy that if you can find off your waiver wire is a good pickup not necessarily a guy you can play on a weekly basis but in good matchups you can definitely get it going but even in a bad matchup against the San Francisco 49ers we still saw him perform so maybe just maybe you can start both guys at the exact same time now we are going to move on to another running back Miles Gaskin running back of the Miami Dolphins week two up against the Buffalo Bills now this running back situation in Miami is as cloudy as a room that fucking Snoop Dogg is inside of all right week one against New England nine rushes which was second on the team I believe Jordan Howard had 10 40 rushing attempts or 40 rushing yards I should say four receptions on four targets for 26 receiving yards and 10.60 PPR points Now, I understand you might be thinking, Nick, who the fuck is Miles Gaskin? And as a Dolphins fan, I know who he is because last year we had to use him. Miles Gaskin is an okay running back, but if they really believe in him, they don't believe in Howard, they don't believe in Breida, then Miles Gaskin is worthy of a stash. If you have Jordan Howard, you have Matt Breida, pick up Miles Gaskin. Sit him on your bench, sit them both on your bench, and wait until what you see for the next couple of weeks. Then you can make an educated decision on who to start on a weekly basis. But for now, I would say Miles Gaskin is definitely worthy of a stash. Not a guy that I would play week two, especially against the Buffalo Bills with all the unknowns already of how many touches he's going to get versus a very tough Buffalo defense. That is the answer for not having success. So I think Miles Gaskin is definitely, though, worthy of a stash in fantasy leagues. Now, next running back here, Joshua Kelly of the LA Chargers. If you guys have enjoyed real quick, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. It's free. I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football championship. Now, back onto the video. Joshua Kelly running back of the LA Super Chargers. Week two goes up against the Kansas City Chiefs, so kind of a tougher matchup. Obviously, week one up against the Cincinnati Bengals, 12 rushes for 60 rushing yards, one touchdown, and 12 PPR points. To me, he's nothing but a handcuff. He seems like the handcuff for Austin Eckler. Kelly did, in fact, end up scoring more PPR points week one than Austin Eckler, but I don't want you guys to overreact and get pissed off about Austin Eckler. He's going to be fine week two against Kansas City. Joshua Kelly, to me, more of a backup. I think if Justin Jackson does end up returning this week like it seems like he could, Joshua Kelly's role may diminish, and they may kind of split 50-50 with Eckler getting a majority of the touches. With that said, though, Joshua Kelly could be a goal line back. He seemed to be in the last game, spelling away that touchdown from Austin Eckler that he probably deserved didn't end up getting because they brought Kelly in to vulture his 
ass. So Joshua Kelly in a deeper league would be a pickup if you want to kind of handcuff Eckler. Go ahead and do that. If not, he's not a guy that I'm really, really looking for until I saw more out of him the next couple of weeks, especially with Justin Jackson coming back. Now, onto the wide receiver section of the video. Anthony Miller, wide receiver of the Chicago Bears. Week 2 goes up against the New York Football Giants, which we just saw the Steelers and Juju Smith-Schuster drop a deuce on like they were Odell Beckham Jr.'s girlfriend. Week 1, they went up against the Detroit Lions, though. Six targets, four receptions for 76 yards, a tutty for 17.60 PPR points. Anthony Miller was a guy I talked up all offseason. Rode the Anthony Miller train. I was all aboard the bus. I said, choo-choo, choo-choo, and you motherfuckers hopped on, I hope. But if you're new, you may not have hopped onto the train, and he may still be available. He's my number one wide receiver waiver wire ad for the week. I think this man is going to be destructive. Even with kissing Titties Trubisky on the team, Miller still dominates, had one touchdown in the game. Would not be surprised if this was the normal for Anthony Miller, scoring 10-plus PPR points on a per-game basis. We saw last year Anthony Miller fly onto the scene, and now this is the year where he's going to be a mainstay as your flex or wide receiver three. I think Anthony Miller is extremely talented and going up against the New York Football Jets. He should definitely be in your lineup week number two if you ended up picking him up or already have him on your team. I would spend a decent amount of money on Anthony Miller. I feel like he's another upper echelon above the rest of the receivers. Next up, though, Mike Williams, who I love as well, wide receiver of the LA Chargers, week two, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Mike Williams was reported to miss the whole month of September, right? He's going to miss like three, four games is what they're saying. And then out of nowhere on Sunday, this motherfucker's in the game. I didn't even know he was playing and he was in the game and he played well. Week one, nine targets, four receptions for 69 yards. Very nice. 10.90 PPR points. The guy was getting targeted more than Keenan Allen. The guy was making freak athlete catches. He was playing well. I liked Mike Williams in the offseason. I started to move really far back on him due to learning that he was going to miss the first month of September. Turns out he just plays week one. This man does not give a damn, and he is very involved with Terod Taylor. So I do like Mike Williams. also think he is a solid add on the week. Next wide receiver up here, we got the Lizard King, Alan Lazard, wide receiver of Green Bay. Week two goes up against the Detroit Lions. Alan Lazard is brought to you guys by my friends and my sponsor over at OverlayDFS.com. Make sure you guys check them out. Link down below in the description. They have this new game called the Match Up Shop. What it is, if you guys are not, if you guys are gamblers, what it is is pretty much like picking a game with the spread, but instead of with the spread, it's with fantasy points for a player. So, for example, week one, they had Deshaun Watson plus six and a half versus Patrick Mahomes minus six and a half. So, if you bet Watson, you get plus six and a half fantasy points, and if you bet Pat Mahomes, you get negative six and a half points, and that will determine which player does better so if Mahomes does better minus six and a half points he would have won if Watson does better plus six and a half points he would have won and you can bet as much money as you want on each and every single matchup it is very fun very easy so you guys want to check that out overlaydfs.com I make a video every week about it so you can win some more money because if you guys listened to me last week you would have won the big buckaroos Alan Lazard wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers week one up against the Minnesota Vikings four targets four receptions four for four like he was at Wendy 63 yards, one tutty, 18.20 PPR points. Now, I know there's going to be the people saying, Nick, you know MVS was getting the tar- getting targets too, right? MVS played better. I don't give a fuck about MVS. That guy's a fraud. Alan Lazard is the real deal. We saw MVS be talked up all last offseason. Does nothing. Finito. Nothing last season. Y'all know who did something, though? Big man Alan Lazard. 
big man Alan Lazard was doing good last year. And then Lazard does good week one, and now people are speaking MVS's name. Do not speak MVS's name anywhere near me. Do not pick that motherfucker up. You will feel disgusted, pain. You will feel agony. You will feel everything to describe sadness because you don't want anything to do with MVS and you want everything to do with Mr. Alan Lazard, wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers, the two, the true wide receiver two of the Green Bay Packers. Next wide receiver up here is Mr. Perry Campbell. Paris Campbell, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver. Week two goes up against the Minnesota Vikings who formerly just got absolutely cream pied by uh, Aaron Rodgers. Those corners are too young. Not good. Defense not good. Phillip Rivers didn't look that good, but he could destroy that defense. And Paris Campbell went ape shit on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week one, nine targets, six receptions, 71 yards, 14 PPR points. Seems as though he might be the wide receiver one on the team. Seems like Phillip Rivers might like him more than T.Y. Hilton, considering T.Y. Hilton drops everything thrown his way and can't make a good catch and kind of lost them the game. So Paris Campbell would be my ad for the Indianapolis Colts. I think down the stretch, he may be the wide receiver one of the team. If not, he's the wide receiver two, and that is still valuable in a Phil the Thrill Rivers offense. Next player up here. Now we are onto the tight end section of the video. So again, if you guys have enjoyed at all, you've had a great time, you're laughing, you're like, damn, Nick, that joke about you burying the guy was so fucking funny, right? Hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed, you thought this info was useful, hit that subscribe button and hit that subscribe button if you love me because I love you. Thank you guys all for watching. Anyone who's new, anyone who's been watching for a while, genuinely, I appreciate it so much. I don't want to take a lot of time talking about it, but 7,000 subscribers is an unreal number, and I really do want to hit 10,000, even if it might be impossible. That's my goal for the end of the season. Dallas Godert, tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles. Week two, going up against the LA Rams. Week one, up against the Washington football team. This guy demolished the football team. They still lost the game, but this guy left a mark. He tattooed the Washington football team's ass with his signature. All right, nine targets, eight receptions, 101 yards, one touchdown, 24.10 PPR points. Dallas Godert eviscerated them. He fucking torched them. Like he was Lava Girl from Shark Boy and Lava Girl, all right? That's what he did. The fucking Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver core is just never healthy. Carson Wentz throws to the tight end. Ertz scores a touchdown. Godert scores a touchdown. They're eating over there in Philadelphia. Pick up Godert. He's going to be a good start probably every single week. I told you guys about him. I liked him in the offseason, and now he looks good in season. Another good call by myself. And final guy to talk about of the video, Janu Smith, tight end of the Tennessee Titans week two versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, early in the Denver game, I was taking a victory lap talking shit about Janu Smith as a joke because some random ass tight end scored a touchdown named Pruitt. I was like, Pruitt, that's a weird way to spell Janu Smith. Play the laugh track. Ha ha ha. Right? So fucking funny, right? That's what I was saying. Make it a joke. Then Janu plays well in the game. Seven targets, four receptions, 36 yards, one touchdown, 13.60 PPR points. I just want to make a note. How the fuck did Steven Gustowski miss that many field goals and then clutch the game? That was really pissing me off as a guy that bet the Tennessee Titans. But with that said, we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about Janu Smith. Great game. Very heavily involved in this offense. 
with Ryan Tannehill. Another player I want to talk about that I didn't even put on the screen is Corey Davis. Now, I hate Corey Davis. Corey Davis has fucked me so many times. Not I, I've never even drafted him because I knew he would fuck me, but I just mentally, he's mentally fucked me. Like, he's looked me through the screen on the draft board. I can see his ass on the screen, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to draft Corey Davis, and then Corey Davis just fucks me straight through the screen, and I know, you know what, I'm not going to draft him because I know what he does. This may just be the year Corey Davis does it. It just might be. The guy was a first-round pick in the NFL a bunch of years ago. The fucking team declines his fifth-year option, and now he's balling out. So I don't know what to think about Corey Davis. I don't know why A.J. Brown didn't do good. He probably would have done really good had Ryan Tannehill not have missed him wide open. The fucking he's going like this and went right over his hands. But it's okay. Janu Smith going to be good for the next couple of weeks, especially up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If at any point you did end up enjoying, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. I love each and every single one of you motherfuckers, and I cannot wait to see you later with another banger of a video. So have a great rest of your guys' day. Check out OverlayDFS.com, link down below in the description, and I'll see you guys later with another video. Hope you guys have a great rest of your guys' morning. Good boy!